Hello. Hello. Welcome to King's Arms Church Online. My name's Carol. And my name's Phil. And it's great to have you here with us today. Thanks so much for joining us on this online stream. This is actually the second to last sort of live hosted online stream that we're going to have because we're going to pause for the summer just to give some of our teams a bit of a break. But we'll still be posting uh, some highlighted preaches and some worship content that you can hook into uh, without the hosting. Why you'd want to do it without us, I'm not quite sure. I know, right? Um, So we'll still provide that over the summer. But also, if you've not yet managed to come back to an in-person meeting, I really encourage you to come back over the summer. You can book into either our 9.30 or 11.30 meetings at King's House, and you can come and join us there. We'd love to see you, and we've been having some brilliant, brilliant times regathering again. So we'd love to see you there. Yeah, we really would. It's still a little bit different, isn't it? But it's just so good to be together and worship God and, you know, hear the word of God live. And yeah, it's really great. Well, we're going to worship Jesus now. So why don't you do whatever helps you to connect with him? I love to close my eyes or put my hand on my heart or lift my hands. And so why don't we pray? And then we're going to sing to Jesus. Lord, we just love you so much. We thank you that you are our Lord and our God, the one who has rescued and saved us. We thank you that you are the Lord who sits upon his throne, that you are ruling and reigning in grace and mercy and goodness. Mm. We just thank you for your beautiful gospel that has rescued us. Mm. And we just bring our hearts to you this morning. We surrender them to you. We lift our gaze. We just brush off us and our shoulders anything that's bogging us down and we fix our eyes on king jesus and we worship you this morning yes lord thank you lord amen let's worship him
evening stars they were The morning sun was there The saviour of the world was fallen His body on the cross His blood poured out for us The weight of every curse upon him
Jesus is love. say we love to worship you and we love to sing your name we love to tell about your great deeds and your mighty acts and God just today we just say the overflow of our heart is that we love you we love you and Lord we remember that we love you because you first loved us Lord we thank you that every single person today who's been worshipping you was called by name plucked out by you chosen by you and Lord, we thank you that you have apprehended us with so great a love and yes, it's our absolute joy to worship you today, King Jesus. Yes. Amen. 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 So good to worship together. Uh, we've got a two-minute video to show you um, from Owen Tuffin, who's going to give us an update on how the youth are doing and what they've been up to. Let's watch this. Hey, just wanted to let you know about what's been happening in youth this past couple of months. It's been a really great time. We've had Wednesday nights in the park. We've had uh, loads of new people join us, which has been great. We've sort of chosen to be in the park, just um, outdoors and a, a space to sort of have fun and run about, play football and play cards on blankets and that sort of stuff. And it's been really, really fun. It's been great to see young people join that we haven't seen all year or through COVID. So that's been a, a really amazing blessing. But We've also seen loads of families that have seen us in the park come and ask what we've been doing and, and then have brought their kids along the next week. So it's been really great sort of seeing the growth in that as well. Um, and we're finishing this Wednesday coming doing a scavenger hunt in the park, which will be really, really fun. So Wednesdays have been great. Sundays we've been um, doing a walk through One Peter together in uh, Sunday mornings, which has been really, really fun to sort of unpack that together connect and, and read God's word together so we've loved the privilege of being able to do that on a Sunday morning and then Sunday nights once a month we've done a, a youth service so a youth evening service which has been a, a great place to sort of connect with God uh, for us to worship together um, as well as hearing great teaching so we had Simon come last week and sort of share 
what it is to be a Christian and what do we do with doubt when that creeps in. So that, that was a great opportunity and great time for young people to connect in that sense as well. And then we've got loads of stuff to look forward to this next coming month. So as we sort of wind down for the summer, we've got Box End Aqua Park, um, which is a real sort of milestone in our calendar year. Uh, it's an event we do every year um, down at Box End Lake. Uh, and we weren't able to do it last year, but with restrictions easing on the 19th, it, looked like, it looks like we'll be able to do that, which is amazing, I think, just to have a sort of uh, great way to finish the year as family together will be fun. So we're looking forward to that. And we're hoping and praying that God brings new people along on people we haven't seen all year. So please be praying for that. And then we've also got um, a summer camp on the 13th and 14th of August um, over in a field in Bedfordshire, which would be really, really fun. So we've got a lake we're going to be using um, to walk around. And then we've got swimming pools and tennis courts and, and loads of fun stuff planned. So pray for nice weather, pray for uh, connection, pray for fun. Uh, but yeah, it's been a great last couple of months in youth thanks oh thank you Owen. So, good. so good don't you wish you were young still and we could go to box end no you are young. i am still young you're younger than me um i'd love to go to box end and, oh, no. and do all those fun things and i used to help lead our youth and i still miss going on the camps and just being with them do you know what we have got some amazing amazing we young really people have. and i just really love us to um Pray for them now. I'm going to lead us in prayer. But I want to encourage you, be praying for our young people. It's mm. such a key stage of life, isn't it? And they've got some great things coming up in the summer. Let's pray that they come and that they meet with God and bring their friends. And, um, and I'll just pray it now, yeah. shall I? Okay. Father, thank you so much. Thank you for our young people. I want to thank you for who they are and all that you are doing in their lives. And we just want to lift them to you. We lift Owen and Lauren who lead with amazing volunteers. We bless our youth leaders, mm. first of all. Fill them with your spirit. And we bless our young people. We say, Holy Spirit, would you come and encounter them this summer? I pray that mm. the, the camp that they're doing would be so full of you, so full full of your presence. I mm. pray it would be a place where they receive your love, where the sick are healed, where um, spiritual eyes are open to be able to see how much you love them and all that you are mm. and all that you've done for them. And God, we pray for some practical things too. We pray for great weather. We pray for great weather for the camp and for Box End. We pray for loads of laughter and mm. fun and joy to be on them. We bless our young people's mental health. We bless their relationships. We bless their homes and their studies and work mm. in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank Amen. you, Lord. Yeah, and I just encourage you to please be praying for young people, not just in our church, but across the nation at the moment. Uh, I think some of our young people have been those that have been most affected by this COVID season. And so we just let's remember them in our prayers and for all the youth leaders across the country that work with young people in this next generation. Mm. Uh, they're so precious to God. And so we're going to take up our offering now. And again, part of our offering every week goes towards supporting youth work and helping to raise up the next generation. And so thank you so much for keeping on partnering with us in the giving of your finance, which helps us to really serve people uh, and love people well in our community. And so thank you so much for giving today. And you can do that online right now by uh, just clicking on the give button. 
And so we are now going to go into our message from the Word of God. Uh, as many of you know, we're in a new series. It's called Broken, Lost and Found, How Jesus Brings Us Home to the Father. And so today we're going to be listening to the venerable Simon Holly with another cracking message about how we deal with doubt. So Simon, I'm going to hand over to you. Hey King's Arms, it's great to be uh, speaking with you today and um, I was meant to continue our series on Mark and I was meant to be speaking on Mark chapter 7 but actually I felt more drawn towards Mark chapter 16 right at the end of this gospel uh, story. So let me just pull it up and we're going to read it for, together for a second. When Jesus rose early in the first day of the week he appeared first to Mary Magdalene out of whom he'd driven seven demons. She went and told those who had been with him and who were mourning and weeping. When they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, they did not believe. Afterward, Jesus appeared in different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported it to the rest, but they didn't believe them either. You know, Jesus was not afraid of doubt. He was used to it. In fact, John's gospel shows that Jesus was surrounded with, with doubt right the way through the story. And you know, what I've seen over the last year is more people wrestling with doubt. And that doubt's coming in many different forms. For some of them, it's doubt about their career choice. For some of them, it's doubt about the person that they married. For some of them, it's doubt about where they live. For some of them, it's more minor doubts. For some people, it's more major doubts. And many I've seen have been questioning and doubting some things about their faith. And you know, particularly in times like this, doubt can feel really scary, but it's actually a very normal process. It's a very normal process. It's normal, but it's scary. And it can be even more normal or even more scary when perhaps you've been brought up in a Christian home and uh, you perhaps followed Jesus all your life, but suddenly you start to doubt some things. Um, I found a, a number of years ago, I was talking with my daughter um, Kaya and she we just sat down and talked one night. Uh, she was 14 years old at the time. And as we talked, um, she, the end of, I was just, just right before she went to bed, she said, Dad, something I want to talk to you about. I was like, okay, yeah, what is it? And she said, I, I'm just, I'm not sure I believe anymore. And I said, well, what don't you believe? She said, I'm not sure I believe like you and mum believe in God and all that. I'm just not sure I believe. I said, well, why don't, you just, why don't you just, let's talk about this. What, is there a reason? What's the, what's the reason you don't believe? And she listed off four or five major doubts that she was having, um, questions that she was having about her Christian faith. And I, firstly, I said, honey, that is just amazing that you um, shared with me, because I know how courageous it was for her to share, not only with the person who's her dad, but also the person who you know, leads the team, who leads the church that she's part of. Um, but I said, listen, you know, doubt is very, very normal. It's very natural. In fact, I've wrestled with numbers of doubts and I listed off about seven or eight different doubts uh, that I'd wrestled with during my Christian life. And many of you will know I became an atheist for a season because of some of those doubts. So by the end of it, I think we had about 10 or 12 doubts between us. And she was kind of more open because <laughs> she hadn't even thought about some of the doubts that I, I gave her. And I said, listen, if you're up for it, why don't we go on a journey together to look at these doubts? Because I've thought about these things a lot over the years why don't we go on the journey together? And she um, cites to this day, that was one of a, a pivotal moments for her in her Christian journey because we weren't afraid to talk about doubt. Doubts can happen to anyone, but how we handle doubt is absolutely key. How we face doubt and how we also help others who face doubt. Maybe it's your kids, maybe it's your spouse, maybe it's your friend, maybe it's even a work colleague who's not yet a follower of Jesus, but who's got doubts. They'd like to follow Jesus, but they've got some doubts they need some help with. 
how we handle doubt is absolutely critical. And what we see from the passage we just read in Mark's gospel is that many of Jesus' followers struggled with doubt and Jesus was not afraid of that doubt. But there's one particular disciple that I want to focus on that actually is not found in Mark's gospel, his full story. It's found in John's gospel. So let's just read this together. You'll know who I'm talking about once we start the story. John 20 verse 24. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, sorry I've got an itchy nose, was not with them when Jesus came. So when the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. So the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. This is after Jesus is raised from the dead. The other disciples have seen the resurrected Jesus. But he, Thomas said to them, unless I see that his hands, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, so the nails where Jesus was crucified, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my, my hand into his side, I'll never believe. Jesus on the cross was pierced by a spear that went into his heart, and that was the thing that ultimately killed him. Uh, and that ultimately, uh, sorry, proved that he was dead. And so Thomas is like, I want to put my hands into the nail marks in his hand and put my hands into the, the fingers into the, the hole in his side, then I'll, then I'll believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. And Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen me and have yet believed. You know, I'm a little bit like Thomas. I need evidence. Thomas needed evidence to the things that he was believing. But let's get practical, shall we? Let's get practical because I made the statement that God's not afraid of our doubt. Jesus is not afraid of our doubts. Let's get practical together. What does the Bible, after it tells us that doubt is normal and evidence is that, what does it teach us about how to handle our doubts? And I think this story is a brilliant blueprint for us as to how to handle, sometimes wrongly, but also rightly, how to handle our doubts. So the first thing is this, examine your doubt. Examine your doubt. I encourage people as they're wrestling with doubts to write it down because doubt can seem really overwhelming. But I would encourage you to take an A4 sheet of paper and just write down what your doubts are. Because you probably, perhaps if you're struggling with doubt, you probably feel like they're overwhelming. But writing them down really helps because it helps you firstly analyze and examine what they are. But secondly, realize, well, then there's not that many of them. You know, there's really seven big questions about the Christian faith that you can, you can wrestle with. And, and pretty much every other question is a variation on those questions. And when you examine your doubts, it helps you understand the source of your doubts, because some doubts are intellectual doubt. They're doubts like, like um, does God exist? Or how can Jesus be both God and man at the same time? And can the Bible be trusted? Why did God allow this or disallow that in the Bible? Hasn't science disproved God? Does the God of the Bible hate God, gay people? You know, some of these doubts are intellectual in nature. Notice in this story, Thomas has clearly examined his doubt, and his doubt about someone being raised from the dead was, was scientific. People don't get raised from the dead, and I'm just not going to believe it. And as I physically see the evidence in front of me, he needed to see the evidence. But, you know, there's also other doubt that's more emotional. Emotional doubt would be, why did God allow this to happen to me? Why did my nan die? Why can't I hear God's voice? Or why, do I, why don't I feel his presence like my friends do? So there's intellectual doubt and emotional doubt. And it's helpful to understand which type of doubt we're wrestling with. Because actually the answers to the two are, can be slightly different. I know for me there was a season when I've wrestled with intellectual doubt. The big pictures of, picture questions of is there a God? And, 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 uh, uh, and can this part of the Bible be true? And all those kind of things. But there's also been seasons where I've wrestled with emotional doubt. I remember a time when uh, I had, after becoming an atheist, I'd given my life to Christ again. 
um, and chosen to follow him. But then there was this moment where God's power just began to fall on the church I was part of. And people were experiencing God's presence. They were laughing. They were crying. They were shaking as the power of God came on them. But I felt absolutely nothing. And I began to have doubt. Does God love me? Does God care for me? In that season, it was incredibly painful. You might have experienced that yourself as your friends or, or family members got touched by God, but you feel nothing. And, and doubt can come in at that, that time. It's emotional doubt. So write it down. And I'd encourage you, once you write it down, rank it one through five. You know, one being, this is a fairly minor doubt, but five is, this is a major issue for me. It just helps you get a scope of what kind of doubt you're wrestling with. And the second thing I encourage people to do when they're looking at doubt is to bring their doubts to God. You notice in this story, Jesus actually comes to Thomas. But in our case, we need to bring our doubts to Jesus. Father, I've got these doubts. Jesus, I'm struggling with this doubt. I don't understand this. I'm not sure if you even exist. Have you, uh, you know, you've seen that God is very comfortable with our doubts. He knows humans. He knows that we're but dust. He re- understands that we at times doubt. Notice that Jesus doesn't condemn Thomas. He gives him the evidence that he needs. Notice also in the first thing that Jesus does when he sees Thomas is he says, peace be upon you. Sometimes when we're doubting, we get all churned up on the inside. We're wrestling and churning over in our minds and in our hearts. And what the first thing we need is just the peace of Jesus. The peace of Jesus just to still our anxious thoughts. If doubt is a normal part of human nature, then bringing it to God, bringing our doubts to Jesus is, a, is one of the first things that we need to do. Examine them and then bring your doubts to him. And you might say, well, hang on a minute. One of my doubts is, I'm starting to doubt, does God even exist? That's a, a big doubt that many people in our society have. I would say, you still need to bring that to God. Well, how can I do that? If I don't believe that God exists, how can I bring it to God? Well, listen, there is no way that you can prove that God exists or that, or that God doesn't exist. It's a matter of faith, just as many other things in, in, our, uh, in our lives are, are a matter of faith. It takes as much faith in my book, having been an atheist, to be an atheist as it does to be a Christian. There is faith either way. So if there's faith either way, then why not just start talking to God? Why not start journeying with him and speaking to him and seeing if he will speak to you? Because this is what the Bible says. God says to you, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. So many people are wrestling with their minds to try and discover God, but God says you'll seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. There's a yearning, there's a leaning in that he responds to. So just start journeying with him. Just start talking to him. I remember when I became a Christian after being an atheist for a number of years, I wasn't totally sure. But I was, Jesus, I'm pretty sure that what I've just experienced is a real encounter with you and I'm going to start following you. I'm going to start talking to you. I'm going to start living as a believer. And I've never looked back because he has answered my prayers and I've seen him move and I've seen him touch people. And I've I've got no question now that, that Jesus was raised from the dead, that he's the son of God. I've got no question in my heart. But at the beginning, it was very fragile and very tentative. And it took that pursuing of Jesus with all my heart to really find him in the way that I know him now. You know, if doubt can be a good thing if we bring it to God, because God can use that doubt to change us and to help us and to transform us and also to use it to help other people. Notice that Thomas ends up this story with my Lord and my God. One of the greatest revelations in the gospel of who Jesus was comes from the mouth of the man who once doubted the resurrection. Thomas's doubt turned to incredible praise because he engaged with that doubt in the presence of Jesus. 
Church tradition actually goes on to tell us that Thomas went as far as India preaching the gospel and planted many churches and there's groups of churches now that can trace their roots back to Thomas and his work. He was ultimately martyred for his faith just as many of the other disciples were which to me is a great evidence that they weren't lying because you know you might lie for uh, something you might lie for something that you've been told is true that you didn't know was true but if you know it's not true like Thomas and the earliest disciples knew there's no way you'd lie to the point of death that makes no sense whatsoever so when we bring our doubts to God what it does is it invites God into our doubt and we begin a journey and you might not get a bolt out of the blue like you're wanting to you might not get an angel standing at the foot of the bed But if you open your heart to the Holy Spirit to allow you to speak to him, you'll find that he does speak. Sometimes it'll be through a book. Sometimes it'll be through something that's mentioned in a preach. Sometimes it'll be through a worship song. Sometimes it'll just be a still, small voice. Sometimes you you just realise over time that things used to be major doubts have suddenly lost their power. Things that were five on your piece of paper are now down at a two or a one or even gone. I know for me, one of the major doubts I had before I became uh, an atheist, um, having grown up in the church, was if there's a God of love, how, what happens to all the people who've never heard of Jesus? How can God judge them? And I really wrestled with them. It was one of the reasons that I fell away from God in the first place. I just thought, it's just so unjust, it's so unfair. When I came back to Christ after this encounter with him, it was, I was nervous of that question. I was afraid to even go there. Is it going to kind of send me off the rails again? It wasn't many years in, maybe two or three years later, that and during a worship time, I just felt the Lord really speak to me. And he said, Simon, you know all these people that you're concerned about, all these people that you're worried about that haven't heard from, of, of me. He said, you don't even know their names, but I know them, every single one of them by name. And if you think I will not do everything, heaven and earth, to move heaven and earth to spend eternity with them, then you don't know me. And it, was, it didn't give me all the answers that I needed, but it was a humbling moment to realise the scriptures were true, which I should have believed in the first place. This prophetic voice confirmed what the scriptures say and illuminated them that God does not delight in the death of the wicked. And he, has moved, he sent his son to die. And so part of my responsibility is not, God, what are you doing for those who don't know, have never heard your voice and never heard the name of Jesus, but what am I doing? What am I doing? So when we bring our doubts to God, he will partner with us and will change us through our doubts if we'll bring them to him. And the third thing to do is to doubt your doubts. To doubt your doubts. What does that mean? It means to think critically about them. Clearly Thomas had thought critically about his doubts. He had a clear way that he was going to believe. But it was quite closed, wasn't it? You can hear it in the tone of his voice. It's cynical. It's, it's unbelieving. He didn't believe the testimony of his friends, even though he had 11 friends or more who were saying, we've seen the risen Lord Jesus. So he, he did think critically about his doubts, but I don't think he thought enough critically about them. And I, I would encourage us when we think critically about our doubts, we act like investigators. And we approach them, we give God the benefit of the doubt. Rather than holding God to ransom and say, why did you allow this or why did you do that? Why don't you approach that question? Just take that question. God, why did you allow this? Maybe think from a different angle of, well, is there a reason God might have allowed this? Is there a reason God might have allowed this to happen? You know, for years ago, I realized I had the question, why, um, why wouldn't God make himself clearer? You know, if he's, God's out there somewhere, why doesn't he make himself clearer? And I kind of held God to ransom with this, why God? You know, why wouldn't you make yourself clearer? It's not a very humble way of approaching God, is it? 
But then I just began to reframe it and think, is there a reason why God might not make himself more obvious? What might be the reasons? And I began to think through that lens. It invited exploration. And actually, I can now, I won't go into it because I'm not specifically dialing into all these different questions, but I could give you four or five reasons now why God might not make himself obvious, make himself as obvious as we think he ought to, and why sometimes he does make himself obvious. There there's some reasons, but when I approach it aggressively and, and, and finger-pointing in a way, I find that the, the reasons clam up. But when I approach it like an investigator and start to ask questions of my own doubts and start to give God the benefit of the doubt and start to think, is there a reason why, is there a possible reason that I can think of why this may have happened? So some good questions to think critically about your doubts is what could be the reason? Or is there a different way of seeing it? Or I wonder who has thought about this before. I wonder if there's other people who've thought about this, because I can guarantee you any doubt you've had, many people, probably, including me, have thought about that doubt before. The other question is, what difference would it make if I had the answer? I've challenged people with that on Alpha. They've asked questions, and I've ultimately given lots of different answers. In the end, I've asked them, what difference would it make if you had the answer? And sometimes they feel like it would make very little difference whatsoever, and they've been honest about that. Because they honestly, they're not rejecting Jesus because of the question, these questions. They're rejecting him because they don't want to change their lifestyle. What difference would it make if you had the answer? And how do other people with a different, uh, with a different belief answer this question? Because sometimes it's easy to look in at Christianity and say, well, you haven't got an answer to this question, this question, that question. But you look elsewhere and say, oh, hang on, their answers are even worse. <laughs> we take the question of suffering. Some people wrestle with the question of, you know, how could God allow suffering? But then you, you look at some of the other answers through other belief systems, the atheistic answer, which basically says, well, there is no such thing as suffering because it doesn't, there's no meaning, there's no point anyway. The, the Hindu answer, which talks about, you know, karma, you know, people who suffer deserve it anyway because they're going to be, you know, it's because of sins done in a previous life. I mean, there's just... There's, Suffering is a tough question for any belief system. I think the Christian answer, the Christian answer to suffering actually is the most compelling. Uh, it's not an easy question for us, uh, for people of, of uh, Christian belief, but it's certainly not an easy question for other people either. So start to think critically about your doubts. And then lastly, look for Christian, Christians who are thinkers to help you. The biggest mistake I made, which we don't see Thomas make, is pushing these doubts inside. For many years, I pushed doubts inside instead of talking about them. What Thomas does brilliantly here is talk to his community about those doubts. He's honest. He's open. He doesn't just keep quiet and just kind of go along with the crowd. He's like, I don't believe this. He's open. He's honest. He discusses it with them. Now, I think he makes a mistake because he doesn't listen to their voices, but at least he does talk to them. So talk to people about your doubts. Don't push them in to fester on the inside. Get them out. But the second mistake I made, apart from not talking to people, was to talk to some of the wrong people. There were some people in my life I did try and talk to, but they couldn't handle the doubt. They weren't deep thinkers. They hadn't wrestled with doubt themselves. And so they couldn't help me. They were the wrong people to talk to. So think and find people in your life who can talk about these things, who've got the maturity and the experience of wrestling and the honesty of wrestling with doubts themselves and ask them and put your questions to them. Go on an exploration with them like my daughter did with me. It's not wrong for people not to have thought their doubts and we don't, you know, judge them for it, but some people just haven't and that's fine. Find people who have the real thinkers who've really wrestled these things through. And often you'll, you'll know you've found one because when you ask the question, instead of getting defensive or shutting it down, they'll say, that's a really good question. They might even say, I've wrestled with that myself. 
find people who have thought about these things deeply. And often they'll point you to books or podcasts. Do the work to do the reading. Sometimes I've talked with people about their doubts and I've suggested things and they never follow it through. They just let these doubts kind of fester on the inside. They never do the work to actually investigate these doubts. I would encourage you, don't be like that. Be one who investigates, who thinks about their doubts and wrestles them through. I haven't got every one of my doubts answered. But I see what, I'm a lot further on than I was back in those early days because I've taken the time to think through these doubts. Some of the doubts that were a five are down now to a two or a one and have even gone away. So thinking about your doubts and wrestling out them in the context of community is so critical. That's why I don't believe you can do church on your own because we're a community together and when one is strong, they can lift up someone who's weak and then when I'm strong, I can lift up somebody else who's weak. We together work these things through in faith. So, I'd encourage you, when you're doubting, do a few things. Ah, and I just realised my head might have been behind my PowerPoint the whole time, but anyway, I haven't got time to re-record it, so apologies if it, does, if it is. Firstly, examine your doubts. Secondly, bring your doubt to God. Thirdly, doubt your doubts, critically examining your doubts. And lastly, look for Christian thinkers who can help you hope this has helped you, not only for your own life, but for others that you might be able to help as uh, we go on this journey together. Jesus is not afraid. God is not afraid of our doubts. How we handle them can be critical for the our Christian journey and more critical than ever in this season, that we're a community that can help one another, can talk about our doubts and can wrestle them through together. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much, Simon. That was so good. And it's just so helpful, isn't it, to hear and to talk about these things. And I'm really grateful that we're in a church where we don't have to pretend we're, you know, and pretend we're not doubting when we actually are. Mm. It's so important that we are honest and open about these things. And, you know, Jesus isn't put off or, or threatened or annoyed when we have our doubts but he comes and helps us and I just want to just take a moment to pray for those of us that um, are actually battling with some doubts right now we all have at different times and we all will do but I'd love to just pray for us right now so if that's you why don't you just um, close your eyes and invite God to come and meet with you mm. now and Jesus I thank you that you are the one that comes and meets with us in our times of need. And we want to be those that um, are honest and open with you and just um, come now and say, Father, would you help us with our unbelief? Would you help us with our doubt? Jesus, I pray for each person that is battling doubts right now that you would come and encounter them afresh today and this coming week that they would just have moments of hearing your voice of sensing your presence of just that knowing inside that you are real and alive would you come and perfect faith in us again mm. lord jesus yes god amen yes lord yeah you might be watching this today and you might not have your own faith yet in jesus you may not have made that choice at some point in your life to follow him perhaps because of doubt um maybe you're in a place where you're doubting whether jesus is even real or if you can trust the things that jesus said and we just want to extend an invitation to you to start your journey of becoming a disciple of jesus of starting to follow him which means turn your back on your old way of living and trust completely in jesus and to step from doubt into faith today and so I'd love to pray for you if you're watching right now whether 
live or uh, on demand later on, I'd love to extend an invitation to you to become mm. part of Jesus' family simply by praying and committing your life to start following what he says. And so if that's you, I'd love just to pray for you right now. Lord, I just pray for any, uh, any, any that are watching this right now that just feel stirred to step from the doubt of not following Christ to, to relationship with him. I just pray for you right now that you would receive by grace the gift of faith to believe yes, and that you would today put your trust in Jesus, who he is and what he has done mm. and give your whole life to start following him and obeying his commands. And so I just pray for you right now and just take a moment to just pause here and maybe pray. Pray maybe the first time you've ever prayed and just simply say these sorts of things. Jesus, today I turn from my doubts and I put my faith in you. I want to start following you for the rest of my life and find out what it means to become a lover and a follower of Jesus. And I give Jesus, I give you my heart today and I entrust it to you. Amen. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that today, we'd love to hear from you. You can just email uh, the church. You can email uh, info at kingsarms.org and just say, listen, I was watching online and I made a decision and I'd love someone to talk to me or get in touch to, to tell me what it looks like to follow Jesus because we would love to get alongside you and help yeah. you in that journey. Yeah, really. um, or even now as you're watching this online, um, you can you can click a raised hand. You can raise hands online, who knew? But you can do that right now. One of our team online would love just to connect and chat and pray with you. Yeah, <clears throat> so good. Best decision I ever made, choosing to follow Jesus. Same. Well, listen, that's it from us today. Um, don't forget, next week, last one till um, September time. But we hope you have a really great week. We hope the sun is going to shine. Please, Lord. Um, hope the kids enjoy school holidays kicking off this week. And um, lots of love to you all. God bless. Mwah. Mwah. Bye. Bye.